You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Today is the feast day of St. Pius X. Uh, Father Brady, being the pastor, has the authority by God, given to him through the bishop, to raise this feast to a solemnity. That's why today is not the 21st Sunday of Ordinary Time for this parish. For this parish, we're celebrating the solemnity of St. Pius X, our patron saint. St. Pius is a personal kind of favorite saint of mine. Uh, St. Pius X, he was named Giuseppe Sarto uh, from Italy, uh, Giuseppe being Joseph. Giuseppe was the first pope of the 20th century. He was the first pope to be named a saint since Pius V. That's almost 500 years without a saintly pope. And he was the first since then. Uh, this pope was the first pope in hundreds of years to actually be a parish priest. He was a country parish priest when he started. He, he didn't go through the chancery, he wasn't a monsignor, he didn't work this. No, he was, his nickname was the country pope. He was known and still is as one of the greatest reformer popes in history. Giuseppe was raised, he was born in 1835 in Reese, Reese, Italy. In fact, now it's renamed, the town is renamed Reese Pio X, which is pious. They renamed the town after him. He was born to a poor family. He was the second of 10 kids. He had three brothers, six sisters. God bless him. Uh, two of his sisters actually followed him throughout his priesthood as a bishop, even as a pope. Uh, these two sisters kind of lived with him and kind of took care of things at the house to make sure that he was able to do the ministry well. I asked my sister if she'd do that for me. She said no. Uh, so. The, the job still stands, you know, you're looking. As a kid, he would serve daily mass, morning daily mass, and then he would walk four miles to school. Now this isn't an exaggeration that I hear from my parents, right? We walked uphill, downhill, in the snow, during the summer to go to school. Uh, no, he walked four miles every day for school after serving daily mass. He would visit the Blessed Sacrament every day. Even as a small boy, he had a strong devotion to the Eucharist. He entered seminary at 15 years old, and he excelled in school, both in his studies and in virtue. He was well known as to be the most virtuous man in seminary. He was ordained a priest at 24 years old. In fact, the cutoff limit is 25. He had to seek a dispensation from Rome in order to be ordained a priest. 
Um, and still, after being over a year of being a priest, I'm still the youngest priest in Louisiana, so I feel a little devotion with him. Uh, you know, after he was ordained, uh, he became an associate, and then his very first parish, the bishop gave him the biggest parish in the diocese. <laughs> and so as the youngest priest with the biggest parish, Giuseppe Sarto, he did his best. This, of course, caused a little turmoil in the presbyterate. Uh, and the, his brother priest, because they would say, oh, Giuseppe's great. But Giuseppe? Getting the biggest parish? A little few egos were popped. Um, to prove his worth, to say that, no, okay, this isn't a responsibility given to me by God, so I will rise to the occasion to show his worth. His very first homily, his very first Sunday, he preached on the sacred heart of Jesus. That homily was over an hour long. I need to do that. <laughs> Back then they didn't have much to do. After great success in his parish, because people were converting, the success of a priest is not counted on how many people come. The success of the priest is if people are returning back to God. Numbers don't impress our Lord, faithfulness does. And so after great success in the parish, the diocese made him be the spiritual director of the entire seminary. He was now in charge of spiritually forming all future priests of his country. St. John Paul II said that only the best priest should teach in the seminary. And it was true with Giuseppe Sarto. In 1884, at 49 years old, he was ordained a bishop. After returning from Rome, after the ordination, uh, he immediately went to see his mom. It was said that uh, when he went to see his mom, she was kissing his Episcopal ring nonstop, his bishop's ring, but she told him, you would not have this fine ring, son, if I did not have this. And she showed him her wedding ring. We can pray for good and holy vocations, people, Good and holy vocations come from good and holy families. If you want good priests, be a good family. It was true for Giuseppe Sarto. As a bishop, he would visit the seminary every day, almost every day, uh, making sure that the future priests were being formed well. He firmly believed that the people of God needed good priests, holy priests. And he fought against local errors that was kind of plaguing his diocese. In fact, he would often call what he would say holy war against these sins. A holy war he would make before every daily mass, they would pray for an end to this certain sin. And he would offer help for anyone that struggled with that sin. I could definitely think of one or two sins we could call a holy war against. 
his devotion as a bishop and a cardinal revolved around making his diocese holy. That's his single mindset, making his diocese holy. And he did it mostly by making sure the seminarians were holy, making sure his priests were holy, and teaching the faith every opportunity. That's how he decided that people would become holy. As a pope, a lot of what he focused on in his life came to the forefront. His devotion to the Eucharist, his, he was unparalleled on his emphasis to sacred music and liturgy. His devotion to the Eucharist came in a few different ways. First, he lowered the age of First Communion. This is that young boy visiting the tabernacle every day. He said, kids need to receive communion earlier. And so he lowered the age from 14 to seven. It's uh, from high school to what well, we have, second grade now. And not only that, but there was kind of this um, popular practice. It was never enforced by the church, but it just kind of happened that people would not receive communion but once a year. They would, come to they would come to Mass every Sunday, but they would only receive communion once a year. He said, no, people need communion. They need to receive, if they can, no mortal sin on your soul, but if you can, you should receive as often as possible, every day if possible. I think that's why here at St. Pius X Church, we have such a strong devotion to daily Mass. Here at St. Pius, we have two daily Masses. Over 300 people come. I don't know another parish that has that, have, has half that. I think that's because of the, our patron saint. He had a strong emphasis on priestly holiness throughout his life. In fact, his document on how diocesan priests become holy is still one of the greatest writings I've ever read. He loved teaching the faith, and this love produced, as a pope, his defense of the faith. Modernism was and still is the greatest opponent to the Catholic faith. What is modernism? That's kind of a hard question. That's a homily in itself. Uh, modernism, he decided, was the synthesis of all heresies. People would read scripture and then change the meaning of it. They said, well, Jesus didn't really mean that. He, he meant this. He didn't really walk on water. It was more of the mass is more of a, a meal and a celebration more than a sacrifice. Um, the cross was just kind of symbolic. No. St. Pius called for a renewed devotion to sacred scripture to defeat this heresy. He said, when you modernize the church, when you conform the church to the modern world, those inside the church will leave, but those outside the church, they won't enter. 
Nobody wants a church that changes with the times. You don't come to church for earthly ways. You come to church to hear the voice of God. In the end, St. Pius X, his papal motto was to restore all things in Christ. And that was his goal. If the Lord is king of all, then we need to act like it. We need to renew everything in Christ. He conquered many fields in his day, whether it's catechesis, teaching the faith, uh, devotion to the Eucharist, liturgical music and celebrations. He was the type of man that saw a problem and then just fixed it. I think that's why I have such a big devotion to him. He was a man of solutions. We have a lot of people of problems. We need more people of solutions. In the end, St. Pius X, he was a pastor of souls. He was a faithful priest who loved God and loved the people. On his tombstone is very simple. On his tombstone it says, Pope Pius X, poor in riches, gentle and humble of heart, a firm defender of the Catholic faith, who desired to restore all things in Christ. People, have a picture of St. Pius X in your house. He's our patron saint. Learn about him. Google uh, quotes by St. Pius X and just start reading. Find out about him. He prays for you every day. He's our patron. And with Mary as our guide, with St. Pius X as our example, we continue to restore all things in Christ.